Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Your Practice podcast, the podcast where I get to simplify marketing for chiropractors so you guys can get heaps more patience, make more money, have more fun, have more impact, all those types of good things. Now, I'm coming to you from my new house and in my new study, my new podcast studio. It's not really a podcast studio, it's a study. Um, So for those of you that are watching this, the first 212 episodes were coming out of one room and now something new is happening. Now, in today's uh, episode, uh, two things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the importance of acknowledgement and I'm going to share a little story uh, that happened to me when I was away up in Noosa. And then I want to talk with you um, about the things that you can do to have more people watching your video. In fact, we're going to talk about the seven key visual elements that you should be using in the first five or six seconds of your video. There's nothing more important than the first five or six seconds of your video. If you're not doing the right things to start your video off, no one's going to get further into your video to get to see your magnificence. So we're going to talk about what does it take to stop the scroll, the seven key elements. But before we do that, I want to share a story with you. So... As I've mentioned in my last, my previous two episodes, um, we've just got back from two weeks away up in Noosa. We had a fabulous time. The second week, we managed to stay up there for an extra week as Melbourne was kind of plunged back into another snap lockdown because of the virus. So we felt very, very fortunate to be able to stay up there for another week. Now, one of the evenings, Lauren and I went out for a beautiful dinner. In fact, on every evening, we went out for dinner. We're very, very blessed. Um, But this particular evening, I was excited about it because I walked past this beautiful little Italian place and up on the board there, it talked about a 600 gram, actually it was more than that. No, no, it was was a 600 gram ribeye and I really like steak and I particularly like ribeye steak. And it said, if you get there before 6 p.m., it'll be yours for just $69. Um, And we'd been eating early the whole time up there. Lauren and I had become nana and pa we were having dinners at 5 30 5 45 we're asleep by 9 30 but we were up at five o'clock every morning i've had to get used to a whole new time zone again coming back to here again but anyway we were uh, booked in for this place at 5 45 we're sitting down i ordered the ribeye and it was amazing it was just really beautifully cooked um, the whole dinner experience was really lovely and when it time time when time when the time came for me to actually get the bill the bill came back and the steak was 115 dollars. i'm like ah oh, They've just made a simple mistake. Um, I just let the waitress know, look, we ordered before six o'clock. I got the special steak. I think it was $69. So then um, another lady came to the desk and she said to me, the desk, man, I'm mucking this up. It wasn't a desk. We were eating at a table. Another lady came back to the table and she said, what's the problem? And I said, oh, that's not a problem. I said, you just charged me full price, price for the steak. We ordered before 6 p.m. So I got the special steak at $69. Um, and she said, oh, no, no, that's um, not for that. If you have a look over on this other board, and then she pointed to a board that was actually outside the shop, the restaurant. Um, There was an A-frame there that pointed to some entirely other dish that was $69. Now, I know that sometimes, I know that when I've been communicating, when I've uh, written things down, when I've had offers and promotions, sometimes I've written things that have been ambiguous and I go, ah, I can see how I've made a mistake and confused you. Now, when I looked at this board, though, I'll have to admit, there was no other way that I could read this other than if you got there before 6 p.m. and you ordered this steak, it was going to be $69. And she said to me, no, listen, this was a 600 gram ribeye. Um, There's no way that we could sell it for $69. And I'm like, well, can you see the board there? Now, 
I was super relaxed. I was having a great time on holiday and I was really happy to pay the 105 bucks or whatever it was for it because it was delicious and I would have ordered it at that. You know, I know it's extravagant. Um, and I was on holiday, so I wasn't... What, I get interested in these situations. I'm fascinated by um, human interaction and communication. And I was watching, and she was getting quite kind of stroppy with me. And then I was sort of saying to her, look, can you, how, how could I have seen this differently? And then she kind of went, well, uh, uh. now what I noticed in that time, here's all I really wanted. All I wanted was for her to acknowledge that maybe the writing on the board had not been clear and she could see how I would have made that mistake. Now, really, there was a two-year-old inside of me that just wanted to acknowledge. Now, um, I've done a lot of work on myself over the years, and yet that two-year-old inside of me was unescapable. And it had me thinking about a lot of different relationships because business, particularly business of chiropractic, is all about relationships. And very often, um, when we're challenged by our patients, when we're challenged by those people in around us, um, what we're wanting to do is defend our position. This is what this woman was doing that night when really all she needed to do is acknowledge and say, ah, oh, Angus, I can see how that might have been misconstrued. How can we sit, sort this out? How can we fix this problem? But she didn't do that. Now, had I wanted to get really cranky, had I wanted to get consumer affairs in and all those kind of things, there's just no other way that you could have read it. But I want you to think about what situations are there in your life, maybe even in your personal relationships as well, where... You know, somebody is arguing with you and really they're not wanting to be right or wrong. They're just wanting to be acknowledged. Ah, I can see. How can I make this right? And it's had me thinking a lot about it since that moment of to stop being so defensive, just to acknowledge somebody else's situation and the way that they might have seen it there too. So that's that story. On to the next. We're going to be talking about videos and I'm seeing some brilliant videos being made by many of my coaching clients and by many of chiropractors out there. I love lots of the fantastic reels that many of you are making and I'm seeing, you know, in some case thousands, some case tens of thousands of views uh, that you're getting on your videos. So congratulations, because there's no better way for you to be building authority and expertise and building relationships in your community uh, than by you creating these short videos or even longer videos for that matter too. Now here's the thing, when it comes to making videos, the most important part of your videos, without a doubt, is the first seven seconds. There are entire companies that produce videos uh, for big businesses and they spend 90% of their time focusing on the first six or seven seconds. They shop that around to different consumer groups to work out. They often do multiple different intros to the videos because they know that the social media feed is incredibly busy and that if we can't capture somebody's attention in that first seven seconds, that's about all that you've got when somebody's watching your video. If we can't capture attention in that first seven seconds, nobody's going to get into the rest of it. No one's going to get to the rest of the minute of the video, the rest of the 30 seconds. Now, there are certain things that we can do to capture the attention. There are seven of them, seven key visual elements that I'm going to talk about in this podcast episode here that'll help you capture the attention, stop the scroll, and therefore give your community a better opportunity for you to watch the rest of your video. Now, the first thing I want you to think about is maximizing the screen. Now, here's what I mean by that. Most people are watching your videos on their mobile devices. Now, the mobile devices that we have now, the way that we watch and interact with our mobile device is with a screen upright like this. And when it's upright like this, we call that portrait. When it's sideways, we call that landscape. 
Now, when you think when we go into the cinema and we're watching a movie in the cinema, we're watching it in that big widescreen. That's called landscape. But very rarely when we're on social media, regardless of which platform, whether it be Facebook or Instagram um, or TikTok, when we got onto YouTube, sometimes we'll turn our phone onto the side. But most of the time, we're watching our phone in this upright position and we're watching it in that portrait position. Now, that means we want to make sure that our videos take up as much of the screen as possible. Now, the rumors going around that size doesn't matter, and maybe in some areas it doesn't matter, but when it comes to the social media feed, size actually does matter. You want to take up as much of the screen as possible. Now, what this means is that if you're shooting your videos in this landscape with your phone to the side there, it only takes up a small bar of the area there too. Now, if I have my phone upright in this portrait position there too, and I have one of those longer videos, it takes up a lot more space of the video, so it's much more likely to capture the attention. So the first of the seven key visual elements, if you're wanting to stop the scroll, is maximize the screen, okay? So most of your audience will be watching videos on their mobile devices. This means we need to optimize our videos for mobile, and this means a shift towards vertical videos, okay? Now, there are a couple of ways we can do that. One of it is just quite simply by having our phone in this upright position. The other is by wrapping the videos. Now, if you see any of my videos uh, on my Instagram account, then you'll notice that I put these kind of, it's called a wrap, a green or a, a gray bar above it and below it. I put a title up the top and the subtitles down the bottom. We're gonna talk about those. But one of the benefits of me doing that is it takes up more space, more of that vertical space, so it does capture a bit more attention. The second of the visual elements, we've talked about this beforehand on the podcast, is that we should be using subtitles. Up to 80% of people are watching your videos with the sound off. So adding subtitles does a number of things, but it increases view time, total views, and it also increases video comprehension as well. So more people are likely to remember what you've actually told them inside. That's more likely to have an impact and encourage behavior change. So remember, think about how you are interacting on social media. Often it's if we're standing in the line at the supermarket, the bank, or maybe we're in an area where it would be inappropriate to have the sound of a video on. So subtitles nowadays, certainly on Facebook and on Instagram, is something that can be automatically generated. So you don't even have to... There's no extra technology that's needed. It's there for you. Just click the little button that says add subtitles. They're not 100% accurate just yet, but they're getting more and more. They're certainly accurate enough um, as well. I like to use a little program called Mix Captions. That's M-I-X and then Captions, C-A-P-T-I-O-N-S. That's an app that I download on my phone, on my iPhone. And this generates, it's, there's a small fee that goes along with it. It's not very much though, but this generates captions it's really good at picking up my voice, but for some people, um, I've got a client of mine who's a Kiwi and does a lousy job with Craig's accent um, and some others. But this, there's lots of different ways that you can go about it. Rev, R-E-V.com. You can actually have paid transcriptions done there as well that are incredibly accurate. But adding subtitles to your videos will be one of those things that will help to stop the scroll because if somebody's scrolling through there, first of all, they'll see this video that's taking up a lot of the space. The second thing they will see is subtitles and they'll start to read the subtitles. When you start your video off with an attention-grabbing hook and headline, when the first words that you use are either uh, curiosity-based or benefit-based as well, then we've really laid the foundation for people to be watching your videos. So the second thing is subtitles. The third thing is movement, adding movement to your videos, particularly at the beginning as well. So our brain is primed to be distracted by 
movement. Think about the time when you and I were hunter-gatherers. Uh, we might have been walking through the savannah, and if we saw movement out to the side, it immediately captured our attention because it might have been a lion or a tiger. It might have been a snake in front of us. And being able to uh, capture that attention or being easily distracted by that movement there often meant life or death. This means at the beginning of your videos, having some movement there. So uh, when I start off this podcast, particularly the video version, I will swap between two camera angles. So like now, now if you're listening to this, you won't be noticing any of this at all. But if you're watching the video, you know, I can be looking at one camera in front, one camera over to the side. And Jason, my video editor, will go one, two, three, four. He was swapping back and forwards between us. But that slight movement change of the background, the angle that you're looking at me. This movement here is very stimulating for the brain. When I'm talking with Jason, I want him to be creating some kind of movement on the screen of my videos about every 30 seconds, because it'll constantly help to keep your attention if you're actually uh, watching uh, the videos. So there are multiple different ways that we can add movement into the video. Um, it could be by just walking into the opening scene. Erin um, Pertle, a great chiropractor over in uh, Barcelona, she's not practicing anymore, she's just retired for a little while. She would do lots of her videos actually walking. She would be kind of walking through her office. There was something really quite mesmerizing about the way that Erin would do her videos, just that movement that would come uh, with them that you felt like you were going on a journey with her. Um, another great client who I used to work with, Ange Wellman, um, did a series of little videos where she was walking home from work. And again, that might have been even an eight or 10 minute video that you just felt like you were going on a journey with her. There was something, again, really quite mesmerizing about that movement. It could be just as simple as kind of adding movement of your arms, you know, particularly to begin with. You'll notice at the beginning of these episodes, I'm really quite animated. Adding in second camera angles, if you want to get a bit fancier, if you're comfortable with how you're doing things. Second camera angles can be a great way to add some movement is in as well. Another great client who I work with, Rob Rudy, he will actually be constantly changing backgrounds. So if you think about there being three parts to your video, the introduction, the body, and the call to action, then you could shoot those in two separate places. And so if the background changes back and forwards between the two, that change in background also keeps my attention. You can be doing things like adding text up onto the screen. So when you say something important, you can put a text quote in there. So these are things that will all add movement to the screen, which would be much more likely to capture attention. Um, it allows you to emphasize a point. So point number three of those seven key visual elements is make sure that you are adding movement. Point number four is when appropriate, use props. You know, if you are talking about the spine, then have a spine model there with you. Now, we have become... Uh, perhaps numb and desensitized to spines, particularly the kind of plasticky, bony sort of ones because we're touching them all the time. But on the social media feed, that'll be something that looks very different. Skeletons, bones, all those kind of things. They're incredibly interesting for most of the people that are looking through the social media feeds. And if you've got a spine with you and you're talking, that's likely to capture somebody's attention. But there are lots of different props that you could have depending on what you're talking about. Maybe you're shooting a video um, about magnesium, then have some magnesium here with you. If you're talking about five different foods uh, that are anti-inflammatory, instead of just shooting the video about those five foods, have them here with you to actually show them. So um, anatomical models are great. Oversized models are great. Unusual items are great. A little while ago, Tony and I made a video together and Tony was talking about the impact of forward head posture and how as the head comes forwards, it adds a lot of stress to the muscles of the back of his neck. And he started off that video, he had a brick in his hand. And so he was talking about, in a moment, I'll talk to you about how this brick here relates to your posture. So the mere fact that he had that brick in his hand 
created a level of interest and curiosity. And then when he explained how as the head comes forwards, it's like having a brick off your head, was a visual element that was able to really easily land in the audience's mind so they could understand what he was talking about and the impact of forward head posture as, as well. So it could be a blackboard or a whiteboard. You know, at different stages, I've made videos in front of our big blackboard that we have at the practice, or I have a little whiteboard inside of here as well. So these are great things that you could do. Another great thing to do, if you happen to be referencing research, um, and you should be doing that. Research is one of the languages of authority and expertise that you are saying, hey, did you know that chiropractic can be great for migraines? This article here from 2011 JMPT showed that chiropractic is not only great for headaches, but for migraines too. If you actually had that, you know, this is actually just my journal that I've got here. But if you actually had that article and you were saying, no, so again, this is not a good visual reference for those of you that listen to this, but imagine that you actually printed out the article and you had highlights and things like that all over it so it looked like it had been read. And then when you're actually shooting that video, you're pointing to it and referencing it. It'll make that article seem a lot more real. So adding props to your videos is a fantastic way to stand out on the social media feed to stop the scroll. So that was number four. Let's head on to number five. We touched on this a little bit beforehand when I was talking about the backgrounds, but number five is absolutely this, no boring backgrounds. Now this wall behind me as I'm shooting here is a white wall, but unless it's lit really, really brightly, then white walls end up looking kind of gray, light brown and quite washed out. Many of you, I see you shooting your videos, you're standing first of all in front of a really boring plain wall. So you want a little bit of something behind you, but you also want a little bit of distance between you and the wall. Otherwise you get kind of swallowed up and you blend into the wall. Oh man, so many kind of um, visual elements I'm talking about. Hey, this is a podcast episode all about visuals, so there is the video with it as well. But if you think back to when you've watched my videos, I have a light that's behind me that separates me from the wall, so I stand out and pop from the wall there too. It adds a little bit more interest with that light behind me. So no boring walls behind you. The best spot to shoot your videos is just inside your practice. Mario Stefano, great chiropractor over in Adelaide, just sent me a video this morning I was looking at him talking about some tips for a standing workstation. He just shot it in his practice. It was fantastic. It made sense for it to be there. It was a really professional looking video, um, but without being too professional. So we don't want our videos to look like they've been shot by a Hollywood film studio. You know, this was shot just by Mario and his team, but I get to see his practice. You know, I see all around him. It makes sense for him to be in that working environment and, and teaching. Now, you need to be careful though because your background doesn't want to be so distracting that it distracts people from the video. So if you wanted to be shooting your video, for instance, if it made sense to be shooting it in a little coffee shop, if there were more interesting things happening behind you than there was with what you were saying, then people are going to be focusing on that instead of listening to what you're saying. So again, the best spot for you to be shooting your videos is absolutely in your practice. Okay, if you're going to be standing in front of a wall, don't be standing too close to the wall, at least a meter and probably kind of a meter and a half, two meters. So, you know, you're looking at six foot, six to eight foot away from the wall, just to add a little bit of separation. So on to point number six of seven tips. We're talking about seven key visual elements that'll help you stand out in the newsfeed. And here's a simple one, smile. Now, when we smile, here's what's interesting. It actually starts to activate the mirror neurons inside of our brain. And when we're watching somebody smile, we're much more likely to smile as well. So if I'm watching your video, you're smiling, I'm smiling, I'm immediately starting to think that this video was fun. And I haven't really been able to engage with what's going on yet, necessarily know what you're doing. But if you're smiling, smiles are very attractive. They're very safe. 
Uh, they're very engaging. Now, I know the beginning of a video, it can be serious and a little bit scary. Our nerves can be going, but we must stop and we must smile, okay? It's one thing, this is a piece of feedback I'm giving back all my time, all my time, all the time, to the coaching clients that I'm speaking with, is you must smile more often as well, okay? So start smiling. Tip number seven of our seven key visual elements is having that attention-grabbing headline. Right back at the start when I talked about maximizing the screen, I talked about one of the things I like to do is wrap my video. So I have the video and I have the border above it and below it. Now, in the border that's sitting up above my video, I have an attention-grabbing headline there, which means if somebody's scrolling through the feed, not only do they see a video that's taking up a lot of the screen, not only do they see subtitles there, not only do they see movement with my hands and props if appropriate, but there's a headline up the top there that gives them a reason to stop and watch the video. Now, my headlines tend to fit into one of two different categories. They are either curiosity-based. Now, remember, there's a reason that curiosity killed the cat. We find it very, very difficult to not uh, follow through with curiosity. Okay, it's very hard to ignore it. So if there's a headline that might drive a little bit of, hmm, I wonder what that's about, someone's much more likely to continue to watch the video. Or I want a really strong benefit-driven headline. So a benefit-driven headline might be three ways for you to ease your migraines without medication. Um, a curiosity-driven headline might be um, three migraine mistakes that most people are making. So it's like, oh, I wonder if I'm making those migraine mistakes. So that headline up the top of my video is another reason that tells somebody the benefit they're going to get from watching my video. Those seven key elements, many cases, it will be easy for you to use all seven of them. And sometimes maybe there's not a prop that you're going to use. Maybe, um, you know, with regards to backgrounds, you can't go too fancy because of where you want to shoot it there as well. But you want to incorporate as many of these seven key visual elements into your video as possible. Let me quickly summarize those again and then we will wind these up, okay? The first of the seven key visual elements there is to maximize the screen. That means we want to head towards vertical videos, okay, with our phone upright in that portrait position. Number two is use subtitles. Remember, a lot of people are watching your videos with the sound off. Number three is movement. Whenever possible, add movement. That could be just as simple as you moving your hands. Number four is props, okay? When you use properly. Props are a fantastic way to get and keep the attention of your audience. Number five, no boring backgrounds. Shoot your videos inside your practice. And if you are standing in front of a wall, make sure you're at least a meter, preferably two meters from it as well. Number six is smile. This is an easy one. You should be doing this in all of your videos, um, unless it was a very serious, somber video in which smiling might not be appropriate. Number seven is attention-grabbing headline when you are wrapping the video. So that's seven key visual elements that will help you stand out in the newsfeed and stop the scrolls. Gang, give those a go. Watch how many people get into your videos and when people get into your videos, they're much more likely to get to the end. And if you've got more people watching your videos, you've got more of an opportunity for you to build authority, expertise, trust. The end result of those things there will be the phone ringing. All right, that's it for me, gang. First episode here from my new study, my new podcast studio. I'm calling it a studio. Gang, until next time, thanks for all that you do. Keep saving lives. Love you lots. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one -on -one with you 
to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.